0: Hello, everyone. My name is Major, and welcome to episode 23 of the Heat Code. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about game five against the Atlanta Hawks. That game put us into the second round officially. So, without further ado, let's jump into the breakdown of game five and my thoughts. So, we're going to be starting off by talking about Victor Oladipo. Now, obviously, Victor was going to be the highlight of this podcast. He jumps into the starting lineup because Jimmy Butler sat out and Kyle Lowry still hurt. And he jumps in and he plays great. This was by far his best game this year. Not only was he locking down Trey Young and playing great defense, he also had a really solid offensive game. So he started the game off on fire, 4-for-4, very quick. Eight points right there. He finished eight of 16 overall, three of six from three, and 23 points. He also dished out three assists, and he did get involved in other categories. He had three steals as well, but only one rebound, so that's not really too much of note. But he was just incredible. He was going off. It was so much fun to watch and to see. Everyone that is a Miami Heat fan or has been following Victor Oladipo's career wants him to succeed. Now, even though I said I don't think he'll get playoff minutes, I'm at the start of the playoffs and I didn't think he necessarily deserved them. If he is playing like this, it doesn't matter if Jimmy comes back or Kyle comes back. Victor Oladipo is going to get playoff minutes. He's earned them now. You can't take him away from him. They are his, and they will be his until the Heat either win the championship or get eliminated. But probably the most exciting thing to come out of this is not only we won the game. Victor Oladipo had his best game in a Miami Heat uniform. But I sent out a tweet saying Depot was going off, and then the Miami Heat Twitter account used that in a little graphic to talk about Depot. So that was great. I immediately got... A bunch of DMs from a bunch of people that follow me on Twitter and that I talk to. So if you're one of those people, I greatly appreciate it. That was very exciting and a pretty cool moment for me. But now let's jump on to other topics because it wasn't just Depot that had a good game. Bam. People had been asking for him to do more and score more points. He did exactly that. He had 20 points, 11 rebounds, 7 or 11 from the field also had four assists and we know what he brings to the defensive side he had a steal and a block but you know he's always bringing in that defense he should have been the defensive player of the year and if he played more games he would have won it without a doubt so i loved bam's game i thought he stepped up when the team needed him the most no jimmy no kyle we need no ceiling bam and I thought we were pretty close to that, so I can't complain. Tyler also had a solid game, 6-12 of overall. He was 0 for from 3, so 0-4, but he finished with 16 points and 4 assists, and he even got in on the defensive stats. He had two steals and one block. He did have three turnovers, but in the grand scheme of everything, that's not too terrible. We'll live with that if he's hitting his shots at a 50% clip and generating two steals and a block on his own as well. So that kind of evens it out. Then we just had solid nights from a bunch of other guys. They did their roles. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. We had Struess. He hit three threes, finished six of 12 overall, three of eight from three, 15 points, five rebounds. You got Gabe Vincent, who was once again a pesky defender on Trey Young and making his night miserable. P.J. Tucker doing his thing on the defensive end as well and bringing that intensity that we know and love. Duncan was probably the only guy that really played that did not have a good night. He was even getting open looks, and he's just still not making them. So he had a great game one, and then pretty much every other game's been subpar from him. But I still trust Duncan. He's been one of the best shooters in the NBA for a couple years now. So I feel like we just have to trust that he'll break out of this slump. Because we need a great Duncan Robinson if we're going to go far in this playoffs. There will be times, like in Game 1, where we need him to come out and hit, you know, five threes or four threes on efficient shooting. So we have to continue to play him. Now his minutes might be going down. But I don't expect him to ever just jump out of the rotation in all honesty. Now, for the Hawks, Hunter was the only guy doing anything for them on the offensive end. The man finished with 35 points, 11 rebounds, 11-21 from the field, 3-7 of from the three-point line. And honestly, if it wasn't for DeAndre Hunter just going off, this game would have been a blowout. So, the final score was 97 to 94, with obviously the Miami Heat taking home the win, winning the series 4 to 1. So, Heat in five, quite literally. So, all y'all's Hawks fans that were saying, Hawks in six, the Heat are the worst one seed in NBA history. The Hawks just have too much firepower for the Heat to control and to maintain and keep up with in a high scoring game. The Hawks need, on average, 100 points. In this series. And y'all said Hawks in six. They couldn't even make it to game six. So. I think that just proves our point. That no one watches the Heat. Other than Heat fans. It doesn't matter how good we are. It doesn't matter how good of. Basketball we're playing. How much we win by. Or whatever goes on on the court. They're never going to talk about us. They only care about drama. Or exciting things that happen. So. I'm willing to bet the national media and fans of just neutral teams watched more of the Hawks simply because of Trey Young. Because he will hit those 35-footers. Now, it might take him 15 attempts, but hey, when he makes one, that is pretty exciting. Then you have John Collins going down and just demolishing people with posters, and that is also fun as well. The Heat don't really have a guy like that. Now, we know... It's exciting when Struess catches fire. We know it's exciting whenever Tyler Hero catches fire or even Duncan Robinson at times. or when Jimmy's just putting on his master classes where he's just doing every single thing perfectly on the basketball court, and the same with Bam when he has those games where we just all see the potential and it's like he realizes it as well. We know what this team can be. No one else knows what this team is. Even throughout this playoff series, it was evident that after game one and two, they they're just making excuses, saying the Hawks were going to come back. They don't know this team. After game three, they were saying how the Heat are just going to crumble and the Hawks are back in this series. Oh, we have a series. They don't understand that this Heat team doesn't fold in adversity. We aren't the 76ers. We came back in game four and demolished them Came back in game five and we are smooth sailing and then DeAndre Hunter couldn't miss a shot. So the Heat are the best team in the East and y'all just gotta deal with it. The Heat aren't losing to a single person or team in this Eastern Conference. The only chance we have of losing is in the finals and I don't see that happening if we keep playing like this. Especially if Victor Oladipo keeps up this pace, there's no shot we are ever losing. We will be the last team standing, and we will be holding that trophy. Now, looking forward to the second round, we will be playing the Toronto Raptors after they come back from 3-0. And, in all seriousness, we might be playing the 76ers, but if Toronto wins game six, I just don't see how Philadelphia will lose three in a row. Harden's just doing his thing and not making shots. Embiid's blaming other people. Doc looks terrified. He already thinks he's going to blow another 3 1 lead, but this one started out 3 0. Embiid's not playing defense at the end. He looks slow. He looks lazy. I just don't see how the 76ers are going to win a game seven. So if the 76ers are going to beat the Raptors, it is going to be in game six. If it goes seven, I think Toronto is going to be the first ever NBA team to come back from 3 0. Against either of these teams in the second round, it does not go longer than six games. Both of them, I could see winning two. I could also see both of them getting swept. And then, more realistically, it probably is Heat and Five or Heat and Six. But especially if James Harden's playing like this, and Bede's not playing a lick of defense, and he looks gassed at the end of games he's going to be playing in a long series we're going to have plenty of rest and if it does go to game seven game seven would be on saturday and game one for the second round is on monday so they're not going to have any rest our guys are going to be well rested we're just going to be able to expose things the 76ers do it's going to take in my opinion tyrese Maxey to have great games for the 76ers to have a shot and then with the raptors they're just a pesky team. I've called them in the past Little Miami Heat players because they never give up. They got a bunch of dogs on their team. No matter the score, no matter the series score, they're going to keep coming out and fighting. You're seeing that in this first round. They didn't roll over. And honestly, they were one free throw at the end of regulation and I believe game three. To then They should be up three to two right now. So, I'm not worried about the Raptors or 76ers. Now, on the other side of the bracket, we have the Bucks versus the Celtics. And we got news that Chris Middleton is going to be out all the second round, and even potentially the Eastern Conference Finals, obviously, if they get there. So, with that, I might favor the Celtics a little bit over the Bucks. I do still think that's a long series. I'm not as impressed as by the Celtics as them beating the Nets in four as everyone else was. The Nets just honestly weren't playing good at all. And the Celtics should have lost the first two games. So, credit to them, they found a way to win. But everyone's acting like they're the greatest team, when in reality that should have been a 2-2 series if the Nets just don't implode at the end of game 1 and 2. So, Look for Celtics in six or seven games. If Chris Middleton was there, I would pick the Bucks in probably six or seven games. But I think without Chris Middleton, the Celtics would take that. So that's all I have for you all today. Thank you for listening once again. If you enjoyed what you heard and you want to find me at Twitter, it's at Major underscore Passens. And Passens is spelled P-A-S-S-O-N-S. If you want the show specific Twitter, it's at the heat code. So like I said, thank you for listening. Share it with your friends. Let me know what you think. And heat in five, let's go heat.